Divisive Issues contains language and spoilers and a bunch of inappropriate stuff that you probably shouldn't listen to at this or any point in your life. But you're here, and I'm here. I'm back for this episode. <gasps> so you might as well listen anyways. What? what? Hooked on a feeling. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, is that not the correct movie? <laughs> Suicide is painless. It brings on many changes. And I can take or leave it if I please. Welcome to Divisive Issues, a comic book podcast where we talk about comic books and comic book related movies sometimes. Like right now, I'm Ryan. I'm Sly. I'm Daryl. I'm Earth 2 Joe. I'm Earth 1 Joe. Joe's back! It's weird. I guess this is some kind of like event comic, right? We're like crossover. Yeah, it turns out that well, you know, DC said we can't use Earth uh, One Joe anymore because they want to use them for the movies. But since their movies are all sucking, they gave us rights back for this one event. So that's cool. Wait, sucking? We we just watched such an, an Oscar-winning movie. Like, I I wouldn't say stuff like their movies suck. Yeah, the Oscars are never wrong about who they pick, or they never make mistakes on stage or anything like that. No. Especially in regards to this movie. This is a fantastic piece of art. So, we're talking about fucking Suicide Squad. (laughs) Talk about committing suicide. (laughs) Well, might as well. In a squad. We put it off as long as I could, but Daryl wouldn't let us ignore it any longer. Yeah, Yeah, I was the champion for this movie. Guy, I'd like to thank you for my return to this podcast. Um, It's good good to be here <laughs> you're welcome joe and joe's my ally in arms yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm daryl's dead shot <laughs> i don't even know what that means in context of this analogy because i don't know what he even is uh he's either he's either flag or he's harley quinn either he's way, harley quinn for sure he's he's got okay. the hot pants he's hot uh, got the hot butt yeah the heart tattoo on his face yeah if you, in case you know what daryl looks like yeah <laughs> Uh, so uh, let's just briefly go through our thoughts. Uh, Daryl and Joe like it. Uh, uh, Daryl, what's your full thoughts on it? My full thoughts on it is that this is one of the worst movies I've seen in a very, very, very long time, and it's so disastrous and awful <laughs> that it's almost—it's a piece of art in the way that you watch it and realize how terribly edited it is. And I can't believe that anyone gave this money, and I can't believe that they thought this was an okay movie to come out. This is really like. This is below something like a Marvel's Daredevil movie. This is below all the the gutter trash. What about Fan Four Stick? Because I couldn't decide which I liked more. Uh, I I personally I like this more. I think this is worse because Fan Fan Four Stick had its moments in the beginning where you're like, this is like watchable. There's characters that have like personalities and things. It's not just like this cluttered mess with songs every minute. What do you think, Joe? Uh, this or Fan Four Stick? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> like, my personal taste is going to put Fan Forstick ahead of this. I, I think it uh, is, because Fan Forstick has a structure. Fan Forstick has better moments for me yeah. um, in, than this movie. This movie, I guess I have to follow Daryl. Um, <laughs> didn't like this movie at all, actually. I feel lied to. Um, I thought this was the most okay movie I've maybe ever seen i put in the same tier as x-men 3 and x-men apocalypse as far as things that have nice moments but are flawed so if if this movie's okay to you then what is a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) what is a bad movie um even better what's a bad comic book movie a bad comic book movie catwoman Uh, (laughs) never watched actually never watched catwoman you should probably do that an episode on that later um I don't know. 
I think my, my vision for this is also a little bit skewed that I heard everyone say just call this like the most like trash like garbage utter movie like opening weekend like i just did and then went to go see with a friend yeah like i i got daryl's rant on like facebook and like twitter um 50 times and then i went to go see it and i'm like that was okay i guess it was like i expected like a big steaming turd and i got something that was just kind of okay and i was like okay like you're not the worst thing in the world but like you're not the best are are you one of those people that would uh uh, accuse ron tomatoes of being an anti-dc bias for their low no not at all this wasn't (laughs) listen this was i'm never saying this is like a great movie i'm just saying like i don't think this was like the the turd sandwich that i was promised i I think it's it's hard for me because i'm like i understand where you're coming from because when i watched it i'm like i guess i could see this being like it's just so mediocre and boring, but like, it's not like. Maybe it's not shit, but then if this isn't shit, like, what? How could you make this movie no, worse? No, it is bad. I think you, Joe's. You could, you could make it worse with a worse cast. That's my. That's my. That's thing fair. I'll toss oh, out there. yeah, it could have been. It could have been like worse acted. Yeah. Um, worse production, I guess, on the makeup is. Yeah, yeah really and good. some of the scenes. Yeah, are shot what a well. fucking Oscar! The makeup. <laughs> I mean, the makeup was good. Yeah. I think. Uh, it was good, except for I thought when they got to the Egyptian stuff, I was yeah. like, "Oh this yeah, is, this is taking me out of the movie." Just this guys, work. I have a confession to make. I yeah, kind of like the first act of this movie. No, <laughs> I like the first act of this movie. <laughs> the like little intro scenes for each character are pretty cool. Okay, but we're going to roller coaster emotion. We start out with Daryl saying, "I love this movie." Now he's like, "This is the worst movie I ever saw." Now Ryan's gonna keep slowly ramp up, and him and Joe. Did Daryl bait and switch you guys? Did Daryl be like, "I like this movie"? No, I do. I like... do like the movie, but I mean, this is like. Are you sure? Because that's not what I heard. No, I like this in kind of like the X Men for the NES way. <laughs> or a doki dog way where i'm oh, like yeah, this those is... are definitely references that our listeners are gonna fucking understand <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure everyone who's ever played doki dog is on this podcast doki right now <laughs> an xbox indie game that's just terrible hey he raised money for children in venezuela <laughs> yeah yeah so i think okay i want to go through a little bit about the beginning of this movie and then i'll tell you why i kind of like it because you're dumb okay. so daryl tell you why how does this movie though. start this movie starts with a um, a flyover shot over this grass. Oh <laughs> no! You piece of shit! You will stop. He's right trying now. to trigger slide. <laughs> it, it starts. It starts by introducing you to two characters: Will Smith's character Deadshot and Harley Quinn. And Ar- Arlene uh, Quinzel, as she's sometimes called. And what's great about this movie is it introduces these characters three times for no reason. Like it introduces you Will Smith, then he gets a montage later. When this lady gives the report on each person, and then it introduces you to him again about how good of a shot he is when you've seen that in his previous montage. So basically, Deadshot is a super uh, marksman, and Harley Quinn it was the Joker psychiatrist, and then she kind of lost her mind, and now she's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's also worth pointing out, uh, this movie was edited to hell. Uh, it's supposed to be like 45 minutes longer. Uh, from what I gather, uh, apparently the f- entire first act was chopped up and put into... Uh, the flashbacks for, for this scene where this, Amanda Waller is basically at a restaurant talking well, to Amanda guy. Waller is like a government agent. Yeah, and she's talking to a random other, a random other government guy about the Swarm Side Squad members and it's all through flashback where in the original cut it was all in actual continuity and you could tell it's cut up to hell because it's just yeah. really weird. It's really yeah. choppy. Yeah, so it introduces you to each of the characters like there's Deadeye and um, Deadshot. Quinn. Deadeye. <laughs> Fuck your hair. Fuck your hair, yeah. Uh, and it introduces you to Killer Croc, 
Batman guy that likes to stay in the sewers. He looks like a crocodile man. Yeah, a guy. <laughs> He's kind of a guy. Uh, Diablo, who's this uh, Hispanic gangster that has sworn off killing. His tattoos look like one of those luchador masks. He's the coolest. It's a skull. Man. His tattoos yeah. look like the Joker's tattoos. Yeah. Without him, this movie would be an extra tier down. I think. I agree. And he controls. He's so fire. fucking cool. Yeah, pyromancers are, are always badass. Or maybe really, I'm just biased. Really, guys? He's cool? Yeah. Yeah, he's I'm not saying he's he, cool. He burns cool. a crowd of people and puts a flaming crown over his head. Uh, and that laughs. crowd? A, a bunch of jail... I, I thought that, that was actually a Jughead hat. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't a crowd of people. It was a jail no, no. riot. No. Yeah. yeah. No, he puts a flaming crown over his head after so? he burns them. And then he's like, that wasn't me, I'm a pacifist now. Now he just eats hamburgers. So that was like, he puts a crown over his head so that nullifies the fact that he's the only character of actual character. Yeah, uh, so wait, are you telling me that Harley Quinn is a better character? Yes. Fuck no. you. <laughs> no, Harley Harley Quinn's at least like, she plays herself like in a fun way. This guy's like, so self-serious, but everything around him is so I'm stupid. I'm on Daryl's side. Yeah, I'm on this. He, Harley Quinn's maybe, a better Maybe because I wanted he like He tells a, Amanda Waller to walk away and he puts a flaming... He spells out by in flaming letters. That's so dumb. Okay, every word that comes out of Harley Quinn's mouth is yeah. just some edgy 12-year-old trash. So yeah, but I that, really... she works That's true, too. Movie. That's what they wanted. No. Yeah, she, she's a she's a bigger character in this movie. It doesn't matter. She, she lost her pudding, Phil. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm 100% with Johnny Phil's side, especially, okay. since, especially since because he's the only character I feel that naturally developed. Everyone else, all of a sudden, by the end of the movie, they're like, we're a family now. We're, Spoilers! We love each other. Hey, he said that, too. <laughs> he did say that, too. He did, he did say that, too, but he he actually... I actually felt like he wanted to redeem himself from the beginning, whereas everyone else are just like, we're family now. I want my dog to look at me all of a sudden for no reason. Out of nowhere. I, I love all my dogs to respect me. Really? Really? You didn't get that from like his, his scene with Batman? That he wanted to look nice in front of his daughter? But at the end, even by the end, he says, I still want to kill Batman. I still don't care about being a good guy. Mm-hmm. But now, but for some reason, I still want my dog. I, I want to kill Batman and be a bad guy, but I want my daughter to like me too. Uh, whatever. whatever. To, to be fair, he is really good. I do like him. I'm not like, I hate him. He's so dumb. But I'm like, he's still a dumb character with the rest of this movie. <laughs> Best character is Enchantress, actually. Okay. So who else is on this fucking Enchantress. team? Enchantress. There's also Captain Boomerang. He's a guy who throws a boomerang and robbed every bank in Australia. Useless. The movie Some of them twice or something, right? Yeah. At he, least once. What is his power? What is his power? He throws boomerangs. He throws boomerangs. Yeah, I, I actually love Captain Boomerang because that's the point. He is the loser villain. And I think he's really he's really entertaining this movie. Yeah, it was well done. I could have done without his unicorn fetish, but I mean, I, you know, I, teach his own. He made me want to kill myself. <laughs> uh, he, he's actually Captain Boomerang is a good example of like a, like a, I like loser villains sometimes, and, he, and just I hate the idea that every villain has to be badass and cool. No, Captain but when Boomerang's, you're recruiting a team to be the most badass like Superman killers, I just and- agree with that. Uh, I guess I'll I'll bring this point up uh, now. Uh, this, movie, <laughs> this movie, this movie, had two directions. This movie had two directions it could have gone in. One is a gritty, like, uh, movie about a bunch of uh, dirty bastards go, going, <laughs> being forced into a um, uh, suicide mission. It's the fucking Magnificent Seven. That's what it is. Yeah, Magnificent Seven. That's a, that's a good, that's a good uh, example of it. It could have been a Magnificent Seven style movie, uh, which characters like Harley Quinn, uh, Boomerang, uh, Deadshot are perfect fits for that. Or it could have been the other, uh, the other direction, which is... We need to create a team that can stop Superman if he goes rogue. If there's not a super, we had a good Superman, well, there's a bad Superman. Okay, so this is the point where we just have to mention what the outline of the plot is. 
So Amanda yeah. Waller is getting this team together because spoilers for Batman v Superman. Superman dies at the end. And, yeah, that was a spoiler for me. Yeah. I didn't know. And she <laughs> says. She basically you says, mean Superman fought Doomsday and you didn't expect him to die? So basically she says... Uh, Wait, he fights Doomsday in Batman vs. Yeah. Superman? Yeah, if, Whatever. if you watch any of the trailers, they show that. I didn't. So if it, basically she says, like, if another Superman shows up, we need to pick people that could stop him. And in the comics, Suicide, the Suicide Squad is just like a government like uh spy team that's expendable that makes way more sense than like if you're gonna kill superman none of these characters can do anything yeah harley quinn like harley quinn is wor- this team is literally worse than a, a team of mercenary like expert uh gunmen because harley quinn has no military training or anything like that she's, she's just a, a crazy a baseball bat that, that's something she- i couldn't get over the, the whole movie when they had because just get, getting a little ahead of ourselves the plot takes place through the suicide squad characters plus like ar- like army units and yeah. like they're fighting the enemy with regular soldiers and this this suicide squad and i i couldn't get over the fact that the the power disparity like someone like harley quinn is literally a crazy girl with a bat and she's much less useful than just a soldier a random yeah. soldier yeah or like a uh, deadshot who can kill millions even, of dudes even him he's like i shoot good like i shoot heads and then you have then you have enchantress who is literally like an ancient god and then you have uh Diablo, Diablo who's like a fire spirit monster, and you have like them on the same team with a guy who sh- he's just an Australian guy who shanks people. Yeah, and... how come we've left out Killer Croc from all? Killer these? Croc is actually pretty strong. <laughs> he's, he's still like he does barely anything. No, okay, but he's 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 a superhuman. Harley Quinn is a crazy person. What? And Deadshot it. isn't Deadshot isn't great. But he's like, but he's not a metahuman. They say we need metahumans yeah. to fight other metahumans. Deadshot's not a metahuman. Dead, just... Deadshot can shoot people in the head, and a lot of people can do that. Guys, guys. No, he shoots a lot of people accurately in the guys, head. Guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna dismantle your whole argument. You forgot the most powerful member of all, Slipknot. His power is he is good <laughs> with ropes. <laughs> Yes. No. Spe- can climb anything. I yeah, mean, it, how that's the specific line. This is Slipknot. He can climb anything. What does that mean? We're assembling a team. Uh, he can climb good. He shoots good. She's crazy. <laughs> this is an ancient god, uh, and that's a firebender. Uh, a team where a guy like Slipknot is put on can work. Where he's like, he's going to be our escape specialist. Uh, uh, Deadshot's going to be our our our, our uh, heavy weaponry, whatever. That, that works in Magnificent Seven movies. So you can either do that, or you can do the other direction, which is we have to have metahumans powerful enough to fight Superman. So we have Enchantress, we have uh, Diablo. You, but this movie does both. This movie does both, and it fucks up both yeah. concepts at once. So Enchantress yeah. is an archaeologist, and the, like... Well, that's June Moon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> so this this girl, who's she's a doctor, she's a woman, she's not a girl. Whatever. She's an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, she is dating Rick Flag, who is like the sergeant who's put in charge of the team. The best special yeah, forces whatever. person this country's ever seen. And she gets this doll that turns her into the Enchantress. That is, like Sly said, like a god who wants to destroy the planet. And nobody thinks that that's dangerous. So they put her yeah. in the field and she tries to destroy the planet. Well, it's because Amanda Waller has her heart in a suitcase and she stabs it with a little, like, pinprick knife. And that apparently keeps her under control. It does even it, though. It does at the very beginning. Yeah. What's <laughs> crazy about this idea, yeah. too, is, like, it's like you can control someone who can't instantly teleport anywhere in the world, though. Like... You're like, I'll, I'll, if she goes rogue, I'll stop her. But when I'm sleeping, she can just teleport into my bed and kill me. Like, oh, you're forgetting this was all like a random happenstance where a uh, June whispers Enchantress while sleeping. Oh, yeah, because when she whispers Enchantress, she turns into the god. 
Yeah, and Rick Flag just doesn't call, or Amanda Waller sleeping. No, he tried. He tried calling, calling and yeah. she was sleeping too. And then she yes. shows her. She shows Rick Flag a vision of her dead. So she's like, "If you call, I'll be dead," or something. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that this entire plot is only possible because Amanda Waller is completely incompetent. Yeah, like, like even even the uh, the joke. One of the subplots is uh, they have Harley Quinn, who's the Joker's girlfriend. And the Joker uh, basically f- fucks up Amanda Waller's entire unit twice, in his, three times in his movie, uh, trying to get Harley Quinn, which would be completely avoidable if they didn't just take Harley Quinn with them, because Harley Quinn has no- adds nothing to the actual team. Also, Joker's random ambushes. Oh, uh, she adds ratings and money. To uh, she's team. a wild card as the intro. Harley Quinn is the most useless <laughs> character in this movie. I will stand by this. She's worse than Slipknot, and she's only there to be the star because she's hot, and that's it. And because she's a fan base, because everyone loves Harley Quinn in in the. Uh, uh, I I have to say though, I totally agree with everything you said. But like, what the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, God, I I would love to see Margot Robbie play Harley Quinn in a good movie. I think she does yeah. a really good job with the character. Yeah, she's fun. Like I said, which I think is super important for Harley. Yeah, but she's not. She's not like from what I heard. Uh, uh, going back to the original cuts, apparently the the first the reason why they cut the first act so much was because a lot of it was just Joker and Harley. Being together, and they said this has nothing to do with the rest of the plot. Well, Joker has nothing to do with the whole plot. And, and no, so they should they should not have been part of the movie. They should have been their own movie. Oh, uh, I wish I could have gotten more Joker scenes. Yeah, I wish they just didn't exist in this movie because every time Joker shows up, I was trying to figure out what does he have to do with this ancient god thing, and he just always just randomly ambushes everyone, and he's always like he's like he has the Batman problem where every he, you can always just cheese the plot and be he's like, oh, he planned, he yeah, he planned to steal the helicopter and ambush them, like. No, how can he? How can he always do this? You're overlooking the most important thing about Joker, is that Jared Leto playing him hams up the scene so much you can't help but stare at him because it's a train wreck. As you were thinking, I can't believe this is a grown man acting this way because <laughs> his Joker impression is so stupid. It is so gloriously stupid. So, what does everyone feel about Joker's impression? Because I know a lot of people hate it. So I'm curious. I actually kind of liked it. I didn't mind it actually. I kind of liked it. I too. liked it. So what do you what you guys like about it? I I like that he 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 did seem like a fucking creepy sociopath. Like, yeah. You thought so? I yeah. did think so. I did not think he was intimidating at all. <laughs> Imagine a grown man talking like that. Wouldn't you be like, what the fuck is but wrong? But here's with this the person? thing: is I don't I like that the, when the Joker's like on its face, stupid and campy and not scary. And that's what makes it kind of scary. He's supposed to be a clown, like a clown that you don't yeah. take seriously. And I thought that Leto's performance, while I, I find all the behind-the-scenes stuff fucking so obnoxious, I thought, like, it... Him bitching about him having that, to me, scenes cut, right? No, mean? I mean, like, his whole, like, oh, I'm so in character all the time. Like, okay, get on oh. your fucking Yeah, it was stuff. being a method actor yeah. on set. But, like, I just found it... So, okay, this is the best point for me to talk about why I like the first act of the movie. So the way they introduce it is they basically the Enchantress stuff happens and then they just like flashback montage these characters and they're like, here, go, go stop the Enchantress. And the thing that I and the thing that I kind of like about this is and everyone's probably going to yell at me, but I like we're dead regardless. I know we've seen so many drawn out, really long origin stories in superhero movies because there's three new superhero movies every year if not more and i actually found it kind of refreshing that they're like just run with it here's just a flashy exposition like this is who they are this is all you need to know don't worry about it and like even though like i love doctor strange a lot of the common complaint is like oh it's like iron man again 
but this time with magic. To back up you a little bit, I will say, uh, I hate editing this movie, but I will say if, if this movie was better edited and they had it more chronological or like originally planned, it would not help the movie much for me because it would feel like a drag watching everyone go through the fucking motions getting to that point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And I also found that like, if this was just the team going on like missions for the government while the Joker like followed them and trolled them, I think I would have liked this movie. It's the main plot that ruins it for me. I kind of liked when it was just, like, them going on these missions and, like, Joker's, like, texting But they Harley. don't go on missions. They go on one. I know, but I'm saying, like, for the first act, I thought they were going on more. Well, yeah. For the yeah. first act, it's a Suicide Squad yeah. movie. Like, the way you think yeah. it's going yeah. to be. They have to go on a rescue mission uh, to mid Midway City. Is that what it's called? Yeah, you know, where Hawkman yeah. is from. They huh. don't even become a squad until 45 minutes in, yeah. though. Like, that's so much time of backstory and introducing stuff, and you're supposed to be seeing how these characters interact, but for a good third of the movie, they're not interacting at all. They're either yelling at this guard that disappears halfway through the movie, or... Who had a, who had a cell phone with direct contact to the Joker. Yeah, he drops it off and then disappears. He's like, he's like, here, Harley, uh, Joker's number's on here. Tell him I treated you well, okay? Bye. And all the other guards and soldiers are just watching, and they're like, this is normal. I just think the beginning had... I thought it was, like, fun to watch these characters get together. I thought it was fun. I will say a lot of people... The people in defense of uh, Ryan and Joe and their dumb opinions. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, but a lot of people do defend this as uh, kind of a Guardians of the Galaxies-esque movie where it's just mm. uh, cool people yeah. having fun, and the plot doesn't really matter. No, but then uh, they make you... the plot matter, and the movie disappears. But even even in the context, even if the even if uh, the plot didn't become as obtrusive, the flaw with this movie versus Guardians of the Galaxy for me is that in, Gar- in Guardians of the Galaxy, even if you didn't care about the main plot, the way you you want to see how they cleverly got out of the situations they were in, because the, the Guardians of the Galaxy were clever and they used clever tactics to get out of their situations. In this movie, most of, of this, the way they get out of it is just by looking cool and shooting stuff. Like, no matter what the threat so is. So, I described Guardians as, like, it felt like a really fun Dungeons & Dragons campaign. And this movie kind of feels like a, D- a D&D campaign being run by 12-year-old edgelords. <laughs> Shithead edgelords? Yeah, yeah. shithead edgelords. I don't know if I'd go that far. I think the story path, it's just, it's very straight line. Uh, they don't fight anything that can really challenge them. I mean, the military special forces guys, you know, fight the converted military forces guys. So the enchantress basically turns people into like zombies that fight for her. They look like yeah. they look like bloodborne eye people. Yeah, yeah, no, people she, with, like big rock. Remember heads. too, she turns them, she transforms them by kissing. By them. kissing. Which is, which I I love I love how this movie treats women at all times. It always like objectifies them and it puts them in situations where if like men were in the same position, it'd be like it would be too weird for the audience. It's also worth pointing out that uh, uh, the movie expects you to care about these characters a lot. Uh, the biggest example is Enchantress. Like they're like, oh, well, Red Flag loves the, her real identity. Yeah, it really drives that point home. But uh, but you don't know who Red Flag is really, and you don't know who Enchantress is outside of her fucking Enchantress identity. And her Enchantress really costume is like just like rags on her nipples, and like that's it. I, I actually like her that costume I, better than her final costume, where she looks like a fucking Egyptian, like from out of like Gods of Egypt. Yeah, the like first costume is pretty cool. I will. Yeah, she looks like the ring girl, the grungy like, one. Yeah, the yeah. grungy one was. Uh, in nice. the comics, she wears like a bright green, like Harry Potter robe and sorcerer hat. <laughs> That's almost as bad as yeah. the shit she wore in this movie in the second half. Yeah, it is. And also then they, bad. they expect you to care about a lot of people. Like, uh, 
dead shot, uh, they're like, you know, you want him to find his daughter or whatever, and then or to be with his daughter again. And then she, he gets an order to shoot Harley Quinn later in the movie, and he's like, I can't. And then he'll get to be with his daughter again, and he's like, I can't do it. I care for Harley Quinn or something. Like, why? Why do I you really care? think that Margot Robbie and Will Smith are trying their hardest? And, like, they have enough charisma that, like, I want to like them so bad. I think most of everyone's movie is uh, uh, pretty good. I don't think it does, uh, does, uh, there's any real bad performances. Like, I really like Jay Courtney. Like, the reason why I like uh, Captain Boomerang was because of Jay Courtney's pretty manic performance. Yeah, I think all the acting's pretty solid. And I think that's why I, I can see why people like Joe and you guys and Ryan like the first act and uh, most of the movie. Because it is, they are, it's, it's, at least it's not shitty actors being mopey. They're generally having fun. No, but there's shitty writing. It's, it's charismatic people doing like good takes of the characters. Yeah. But the writing is so fucking bad. The writing bad. is so bad. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean is I when I watch it, I'm like, I wish these were these people were in better movies. There's so many instances where they're like they're trying to set up a joke or they're trying to make it funny or interesting. Like after like um Diablo won't fight the creatures because he doesn't you can't control his anger so he doesn't want to hurt everyone else. And then Captain Boomerang comes up to him with a lighter and goes, "See, look, it's fire. Like you're supposed to be doing woo fire." And that's their interaction. Like that's it for pretty much the rest of the movie one on one. And it's like there wasn't anything there. You're not doing anything with that writing. You're not even making a good joke. You're just expecting him to carry it on saying "woo fire" and waving a zippo also, lighter. Also, I his get face. this impression that they keep forgetting that characters are supposed to be in the movie because, like, they do. Everyone gets all these montages, and then Slipknot shows up in a truck, and they're like, "Also, Slipknot's here," and he doesn't. And then know. also yeah. Katana too. They're like, "And well, he was meant Slipknot." I always thought the son was meant to be cannon fodder. He was not supposed to be. No, someone. but then they also do that in a, a like a maybe like twenty minutes later. Where they're like, oh, we're getting on this plane. Also, Katana's here. She has a sword that captures yeah, she's souls. Like, she's like, sorry, I'm yeah, late. Yeah, I don't know why Katana's here. Sorry, I'm late. And then she's like, I'm a good guy, I guess. Not a bad guy. I can't tell exactly. Yep, I love that Rick Flag too, constantly from like that point on, exposits what they're supposed to be doing. It's like, this is Katana. She's got my back. She'll cut any of you down with her soul-sealing sword. <laughs> my, my, my favorite example of that is throughout the whole movie, they say, we have to take Enchantress's heart rip it out. That's that's how we kill her. Yep. We have to take Enchantress's heart. That's how we kill it. At the end, Harley Quinn takes out, takes out changes his heart and then uh, Rick Flag says yes we got our heart now we can kill her like thank you for saying that again I did not care. yeah he that. yells it to Will Smith it, like yeah. it, it, oh it's so stupid the writing is the worst part of the movie and I can't even figure out like a normal plot structure like every other movie has it's just like every story has like a normal progression and this it's like you're saying Act 1, but, like, is that... When does Act 1 start and, like, and end? Okay, I can basically... I think I could sum up this whole movie in two minutes. If that. <laughs> you could. So, they they get the team together. They go, go stop Enchantress. They first... No, first. First, they're sent first. on a rescue mission. And yeah. they're rescuing Amanda Waller, who gave them the mission. And then she's like, thanks, I can get out of Midway City. But you're left in suspense. They're like... Who are you? We're rescuing the most important person in the city, and they're like, "Who is it?" And the viewers are like, "Who could it be? Is someone important?" Yeah, and in while they rescue her, the Joker's trolling them. Then the Joker takes Harley, crashes his helicopter, and presumably dies. Harley comes back to the team. They like every rom com. They try to break up the team. Then they come back together as a family and go beat the Enchantress. That's everything. 
See, but you're leaving out... Also, Diablo is magic. Okay, but that's the skeleton of it. So now, Daryl, fill in the gaps. The intricacy stuff within the plot is that what you're leaving out that makes the movie so confusing the first time you watch it. Like, when did Joker learn about the bomb in Harley's neck? Oh, yeah, that's how they keep these people in line. And it's yeah. it's shown during a scene in which he's raiding a lab because he found that lab. And then he, like, he captures a scientist he calls the professor in one scene. And then there's other stuff too. Like, my favorite is when before the whole the whole event happens, Incubus, Enchantress's brother, is wreaking oh, havoc. Oh yeah, she takes some guy, turns him into like this big magic guy who also wants to destroy the world. They basically break open like uh, genie bottles, and they're like, ancient demon comes out and, and possesses people. Yeah, 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 and Rick Flag goes into the subway with June Moon, and it's like, I have a bomb. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to teleport up there and drop it for. Him. Uh, next to him and then it just cuts to a scene with Waller and Flag saying over the intercom oh she bolted and then it cuts back to that scene later like, and you an, find hour, out, like an hour and a half yeah, later yeah you find out she pressed the button to start the bomb it goes from two seconds to one second and then it just cuts away and you're yeah. like so did that bomb didn't go off like what what happened there <laughs> he must have pressed it off yeah which is it, they don't explain that stuff and they, they leave it up to you to just be like I guess this happened, and at the same time, they're constantly shouting at you, we have to take out Enchantress's heart, we have to go save this special person. Like, they're trying to make the plot obvious, but all of the details leading up to it, where you're like, wait, why doesn't this happen? Or why does, like, why don't they ever kill Rick Flag? And then it's like, Enchantress is afraid of him. Well, one big thing is Amanda Waller, the Amanda Waller is, like, walking in front of him with the phone saying, I have this phone, if I press a button, I'll kill you all. Like, none of them just take the phone out of her hands. Yeah, yeah or, like, be... decapitate her immediately. Like, yeah. she, they also, there's a scene where they're, like, they're fighting through the city, and then at some point they're just like, I don't want to do this anymore, let's go get a drink. And Rick Flag's like, no, we have to keep going. And all the heroes, including Katana, who is apparently the good guy, but she's like, I'm going to go drink with these villains or whatever. Yeah, Katana mm-hmm. is Rick Flag's backup, by the way. And they just, they sit in the bar, they get drunk and talk about their backstories so we can have more flashbacks. And then they're just like, wait, we should go save the world. And then that's, that's the big shift. And it's just so bad. The, the progression is just so forced the whole time. So, Joe, do you have anything else do you want to put in there? Um, <laughs> I, yeah, actually, I think if you break it down into, like, five-point narrative structure, it is actually decently solid. I mean, I thought story structure-wise, it was kind of sound. You have the dramatic action, Amanda Waller needs a team. Um, I'm sorry, inciting incident, Amanda Waller needs a team. You have the dramatic action, um... Enchantress goes off the rails and needs to be taken down. Uh, the midway reveal um, slash you know reversal of perspective for the person they're going to save is Amanda Waller. But uh, did, did that make you itself. feel something during that? I would say the midway reveal is more that they, they all uh, learn to like each other. Like when because like oh, Amanda Waller tells Will Smith you have to kill Harley Quinn in order to get your kids back. No, the, the midway reveal is definitely the Waller. Like I'm the yeah. person you're supposed to save, and but was it something that you were like, oh my god? You actually you actually care more when she shoots her old team because you're like, excuse me. Yeah, that was cold as hell when she did that. I thought so too because they're they're in the middle of a war zone. Uh, the only allies they have are like a small military unit and a, and a group of the most dangerous supervillains in the world. And there must have been like so many other people that saw or at least got some like a kind of news footage or feed of this that she's killing them because it's classified information. 
It's just like, like, even if you, even if, even by her perspective, like killing your only allies when you're your the main people you have helping you are a group of supervillains who you have a very tenuous <laughs> advantage over. It's so dumb, especially you, you kill them afterwards. Maybe uh, poisons them in their, after, when they get home. But why kill them Don't right they then have and bombs there? Bombs in their heads. No, she's talking. He's talking about the. About the soldiers that she murders, and she kills oh, her yeah, own yeah, like yeah. team. Her, her her IT staff and her. Bunker. And actually, she does that. She almost does that earlier in the movie when they they have that stupid Deadshot montage when he's like uh, pointing a gun at one of the guards, and she's and Amanda Wallace is like, "Do it." It's they're blanks. Just shoot him. Shoot him. And then they are. They give Deadshot. They give they give Deadshot a gun to see if he, how well he can shoot. And they give him loaded weaponry, and he's like, "I'm going to show all your all your allies." Then Amanda Wallace is like, "Sure, do it. Whatever. Do it. Do it. They're, they're blanks. Just do it." And then after it turned out to be real bullets, I'm like. Why would she say that? Uh-huh. Like, yeah. I feel like the movie's just trying to show us how badass she is, but without... And she looks a little dumb. She looks like a dumb leader. What what, what did a uh, Deadshot call it? That gangs, that's gangster shit? <laughs> yeah, it's in gangster yeah. shit. The reason why I find Amanda Waller a really interesting character in the comics and in Arrow is because she is, like, she's really cold, but she's really calculating. Like, she manipulates everyone to an extent that, like... Everything she does has a purpose, and in this movie, it's the total opposite, where she does it just because it's cool. That's a good quote, point. Good point. I want to ask Drew about. Uh, so, uh, so, some backstory: uh, Suicide Squad was in Arrow, the TV show about Green Arrow. Uh, it wasn't even the same lineup. It only had Deadshot as the only uh, carryover. Yeah, Deadshot was the only carryover, and they wound up. Is it Boomerang in it? Uh, but never on the squad. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah. So they they had uh, a Suicide Squad only one overlapping member. They also hinted at Harley Quinn. Yeah, and the Suicide Squad movie was coming out. They killed off Suicide Squad in Arrow because they can't have two teams of the same name in different universes at the same time. So the Suicide Squad in Arrow is dead. So, Joe, was this movie worth the sacrificing the Suicide Squad from Arrow? Uh, no, it wasn't. Yeah, um, but I, I, so could, I would say better in Arrow. I would say that about nearly maybe any other DC property that like has gone on hiatus because of the DC Cinematic Universe... Yeah. I would say almost everything the DC Universe does, the Cinematic Universe does, is not worth it in any context. I mean, this movie made a shit ton of money and won a fucking Oscar. Okay, in that context, yeah. <laughs> That's what matters. Like, I just, I just think the Arrowverse is a better representation of the DC I Universe. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people have said that the DC shows are a much better representation of the universe yeah. than the what the film studios are trying to establish there's been it's been pretty constant throughout dc and marvel's lifetime if you ever uh like w- watched marvel stuff in the 90s and dc stuff in the 90s uh marvel never had great uh, re- they had a few good car- great cartoons but for the longest time dc was tv and marvel was the movies so uh like for a good example is batman as they're making the batman the animated series they had batman robin in theaters which shows you the disparity yeah. between quality and like if you watch like uh, like the Mr. Freeze Batman animated series movie that came out right around the same time as Batman and Robin. So good. It's so much better. <laughs> yeah. But the difference is they still let the TV shows use those characters before. Now they don't. Yeah. The TV show is also way more inspired by the, like, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Yeah. I mean, that's in like art style and like musical styling. It's like a pretty quick if like being a little kid watching like that batman movie to like that batman tv show it's a pretty quick follow-up that you could yeah. like you know adapt yeah. to them pretty easily yeah they don't they don't do that as much anymore they don't try to uh correlate with the movies as much yeah i guess they, they deal with avengers the tv shows yeah but that's marvel like, does they marvel, try to yeah, at least 
but it sucks when they do it. Cause... Dude, I mean, I know the Guardians of the Galaxy TV show, like, each episode is named after, like, a popular, like, 70s song. <laughs> so I know I know they try at least, like, try and capture the tone. Um, I mean, DC really has, like, one animated show to speak of right now, and I don't think Teen Titans Go is uh, styling after any kind <laughs> yeah. of DC cinematic project. If only, if only that was if the only. tone of the movie. So you were going to say something else, Daryl, before... Do you remember uh, what it was? <laughs> I, I have uh, some points I want to bring up. Maybe sure. it'll jog his memory. Okay, so number one is, boy, do I feel bad for Ben Affleck. He's been in two DC movies so far. One was Ben vs. Superman. The other one was this. Uh, mm-hmm. I can really see why he has been less and less interested in associating himself with these films. Yeah. Why would you want to... Why would you... It's your own fault for signing up to being a DC movie. But imagine... <laughs> imagine you are uh, Ben Affleck. Imagine Right now you see... Superhero movies are exploding. They're big, and now you get the Alfred role of Batman. The last Batman was the the Nolan Batman movies. Christian Bale became an even bigger star than before because of them. And Batman, it seems like it's such a surefire hit. Like DC can't fuck up Batman, can they? Would you say no, Phil? Like in that context, it's hard to imagine myself as Ben Affleck, but I think I would not say no. I, I would probably do it too. Yeah, imagine you're also friends with Kevin Smith, who's like a giant like batman fan imagine if yeah. you also had played daredevil and said i never want to play another superhero unless it's really good <laughs> yeah. yeah but that's that's why i feel bad for him because now he's in back in daredevil position position and like he was planning to be like i'm going to direct um bad movie but now he's like no i'm not gonna direct i guess i'll just but this be is in the it. thing that i feel really bad for because like it's not his fault at all like he was great in batman versus yeah superman. you know like I, none, none of the cast uh, deserve the movies they're in so far. Yeah. And number point number two, I found really funny, and this is this is I find it funny because it trolls the Harley Quinn fans. I don't hate Harley Quinn, but her fans are really annoying, so I like when they get trolled. So they edited this movie really funny because the uh, Joker and Harley Quinn have an abusive relationship, and you can see a little bit of the movie. Uh, they have a few flashbacks where Harley Quinn is like obsessing over Joker, and Joker's like, "Get away from me!" Ill. And I, I love that in the flashbacks too, you can't tell what time because sometimes they flashback and it's Harley before she has her iconic Harley look, like when she's being a therapist again. Yeah. But Joker's yeah. out of jail, so it's like, was he in jail then broke That's out what... and then she brought him back? And then the scene at the beginning of the movie happened. You guys didn't pick up. I mean, I thought it was a pretty logical. I didn't really flow. have a hard time following. Yeah, I didn't me have either. any me issue either. like jumping back yeah. and forth. You could tell because you, you could tell they were in, they were in the cell. Then they were. Uh, then Joker has breakout. He has buddies to get a. He got a machine gun from Harley Quinn, and he had a stage of breakout. During the breakout, he fucks up her brain with electricity. Then the next jump, we jump to the next scene, which is her chasing after Joker, and uh, then they cut again to them together. And he's like, "Okay, you love me. You say you love me." Jump an uh, acid. Oh, how yeah, can you? And then he's like, "I'll jump an acid." And then they're like, "Let's make out." How an can acid. you guys defend this Joker? Really easily. He's, Joker's a bad guy. What are you going to say? Like, well, that's what Joker would do. You make, His line delivery is so weird, too, and strange. He's supposed to be Oh, weird. you mean Joker? Yeah. It's, a, it's funny because uh, this is a character, it's all about opinion because you can't say, oh, he's just so weird and wacky. Like, like you could say that's what Joker's supposed to No, but he's, like, be. weird in, like, a hammy way. But one like, of the it, things, too, oh, you mean the Joker? I, I think is when we judge yeah. a Joker performance, like... A lot of people have their favorites and everything, but the Joker is someone who I think has been really consistently played fantastically. That was a terrible sentence, but you know what I mean. Like, Jack Nicholson's Joker and Heath Ledger's Joker and Mark Hamill's Jokers are so hard to top that I found this Joker performance unique, and for me, it justified its existence. I I actually like how different it is. I actually love how different it is because... uh, uh, 
they went more of a mob Joker style thing, and the voice tattoos and stuff. They more like a punk mob. Yeah, damage tattooed across yeah, that's his forehead. Dumb. That's dumb. It's dumb, but I but I ra- rather Grill. have them do that. He, he makes it's people just... kisses for <laughs> Yep, and then he goes. <sighs> but do you want a shitty version of Heath Ledger or a shitty version of Jack Nicholson? I don't want. I, I want a good Joker. Well, we all want to do a Joker, but the question is, like, I'd rather have something more original and yeah. different than rehashing the original No, I mean, I, I, I enjoy him, but I don't enjoy him in a serious way. I think he is one of the worst parts of the movie, but he's so bad at his delivery that it becomes amazing in retrospect. Because he, he doesn't, like... I feel like at least with Joker, there's some kind of internal consistency or methodology to what he does that makes him fascinating to, you know, watch and study and love even. But, like, here, it's just clearly Leto trying his best to be kind of crazy, but it's, like, it's the crazy he thinks crazy is. So you just see, like, weird things, or you snort at certain times, or you go, ah, 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 ah. Like, it doesn't... It, none of none of what he did impressed me or scared me. It kind of just baffled me that everyone that was watching this on set was okay with what he See, was doing. I just find I found that baffling interesting. Me too. Me too. Me too. But, but back oh to my, my point. About, I mean, he should he shouldn't be in the movie anyway. This isn't a point that I'm like I'm not gonna die on this hill. I can see yeah. watching. I will. This I'm just the best Joker ever. No, I think I think I, I I will argue that this was a good presentation of him. But no, it wasn't. He doesn't belong in the movie at all. Yeah, he does not, nothing for it. So if yeah. he was removed, I'd be like, I don't care. So Joe has stayed pretty quiet. What? How do you feel about this Joker, Joe? He was fine. Um, I liked that they went with Crime Boss Joker over Heath Ledger Joker. Um, I thought that was a good... If you're going to change up the Joker dynamic, um, I thought that was a good way to go with it. And I thought he was... I mean, he was hammy, but, like, he's the Joker. Like, he's supposed to be a little hammy. Yeah. Um, And this is probably one of the more sane Jokers. I think that's what struck me about this, is, like, he's kind of crazy and kind of forcing it a little bit. But I think maybe that's kind of the point. I mean, he's still a little like Jokerish, but like he's he's more tame, if that's what I mean. This is a Joker that actually loves Harley Quinn to the point where he's going to go break her out of jail. That's something that the Joker never does. Ever, that's, that's, ever, that's, ever. Point, that's, that's that was the point I wanted to finish uh, before everyone jumped in on Joker thoughts. Uh, so sorry, Sly, we have to give our thoughts on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just I uh, I like I'm to just finish, my, just finish my thoughts before I move on. But uh, so. They had the Joker and Harley ship, and it, it starts out uh, fucked up, and then they get sweet, like uh, Joe suggests, where he breaks out of prison. Jumps in the acid like, bath for her. Yeah, he, he saves later on. Apparently, Warner Brothers edited a lot of the scenes, because apparently it was more of just straight abusive in the original cut. Like, when one scene, Joker takes her in the helicopter, and in the final cut, uh, a, 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 a missile hits the helicopter, and Joker pushes her out to save her. In the original cut, he just pushes her out to kill her. <laughs> And they edited it because they're like, we don't want to, jo- we want to have this abusive relationship. And Harley fans got pissing. No, Joker's an abusive relationship. We have to have Harley get, become independent and stuff like that. And I just find it funny that these WB's like, fuck you, Harley no, fans. But no. I, I do understand that critique, though, because like part of their, their whole relationship when it was introduced in the cartoon in the 90s is supposed to be she is in an abusive relationship. Abusive yeah. one-sided. Yeah, an abusive is, one-sided yeah. relationship. I, I just find it funny because it, they're just trolling Harley Quinn fans and pissing them off. But at the same time, like, I think that she's a really strong character when she is, like, this. she's stuck in this cycle of abuse. And in this movie, it's very romanticized in a way that, like, why? 
like, why make it Harley and Joker then? Because that's like, how do you love someone like the Joker and it not be a cycle of abuse? I, I think it's because I think if, if I want to go think inside WB's head and how they overthought it, they probably didn't want to make Joker too because they want to sell fucking T-shirts with the two of them on. Yeah. But that, they did that throughout the movie where like. When they all start getting together and like we, we're a family now, and they start going towards the villain, they're like, "Like, do you want me to root for them?" Or like when when Harley and Joker have their scenes, it's like, "Am I supposed to be rooting for this romance?" Because I don't feel it, mm-hmm. but they want. I can tell they want me to. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. constantly tries to bring or pull drama out of these scenes where you're like, you kind of feel for like Will Smith. They're like, "Oh man, he's, I guess. he's missing his daughter because of his acting." But then because of his acting. <laughs> No, no, it was no. acting gig where he shoots people. Yeah, because of his acting, because nothing in the story makes you feel like it's Will Smith's charisma that makes me give a shit. That's it. Yeah, I, I like how he may seem like he's missing his actual children because he's acting. Yeah, poor Will Smith. Yeah, he's the real tragic character. But it's like yeah. his character in and of itself is pretty terrible. Like he's like, no, yeah. honey, I don't kill bad people. And at the end of the movie, he's teaching her math through how to shoot people how to like how to assassinate them uh their trajectory of their she actually brings that up she brings <laughs> up like so like when you're on top of a building and you're yeah. going to shoot someone yeah because she's trying to be like him like she's the one she's the one that relates to it as a yeah um, obviously he's a terrible role model because she's like i know i love you daddy even if you kill people which is this weird like what are you trying to say to me movie listen this is the movie about bad people like i don't think i i never took that as like anything else other than that i, I just wish they didn't for have the sentimentality I, I wish it was just straight up where piece of shit we, we love yeah because something yeah. like even deadpool can pull that off well where you care about him even if he's not like a stellar upstanding clark kent kind of guy yeah he his relationship in deadpool was one of the best ones in comic book movies i think yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and, but deadpool's billed as the good guy that entire movie he's the guy who's trying to beat cancer and get his girl back and beat the greater evil guy. But he still does really bad things. Deadpool's also, like, one person in, like, a one-man movie that's called Deadpool and not Suicide Squad, where they're trying to juggle, like, four Maybe we didn't need, like, nine characters. Yeah, did we need Katana? Yeah. No, you didn't need uh, Katana. And she cries in that one scene about her husband being trapped in her sword. And it's like, yeah. what? why yeah. is this An happening? hour and 40 minutes into the movie... Um, Flag starts expositing about her backstory, where it's like her husband was killed with that sword. It steals souls. They tell us again. In, in fact, there's actually a flash uh, recap scene in the movie where they recap scenes that we saw two other characters. Yeah, that's where they're true. like, "Oh, you missed what happened earlier," and it's just like it shows us what we saw already. And I'm like, "How? How is this happening? How? How mm-hmm. do you think this is a good idea to keep in a movie that's already over two hours long?" And, and to argue uh, Joe's point that these are like these are bad people and we're not supposed to like him, I'll be fine. This is how I would have been fine with this movie and why I'm not fine with it. I would have been fine with this movie if uh, Wilson of the Time movie is like, I want to just get my daughter and that's it. At the end, when he, because at the end, the Chancellor makes him envision his, his ideal future. It's not with his daughter. It's, it's him <laughs> yeah. It's him murdering Batman. That's what it was. Yeah. Uh, he's, so, like, if it kept to that, but halfway through the movie, it just throws in. I gotta make Did sure you my daughter. Did they cut something from that? I thought that was him overcoming Batman in front of his daughter. I thought that was no, him not turning no. himself he, in. He throws his jacket at him, shoots Batman. Because it, it's in the same, it's the same alleyway. They do not show his daughter. Yes, yeah, no, that's why I thought. Like, do you think they cut that? 
they might have cut. I think they, they had to have cut a lot of things because it feels. That's why. That's why it's weird to me because I didn't feel it was a journey where why is he? He didn't care about making himself look good in front of Zelda before, but now all of a sudden he doesn't. But he still wants to be bad and kill people. It just seemed weird to me. Like I, there, there's stuff missing there with the development. Oh, there's stuff missing in this entire movie. Yeah, it, it's just it, it, like it would be fine if they were just straight up like I want to kill Batman. I want to kill people, <laughs> but I want to have my daughter at the same time and not this, let's be family Yeah, and it tries too. to make us, it like kind of cheats its way into trying to pull at our heartstrings, and I just don't think it works at all. And that's why I like the beginning, because the beginning is just goofy and silly and, like, fun. The bar scene is, I, I think if you had to, if I had to boil down where the movie is problematic for me, it's the bar scene. So explain the bar scene. We haven't really yeah. talked about it. Because okay, the bar the- scene is, alright, so Amanda Waller escapes after she she gets in, like, her, her helicopter after, her, you know, they shoot down Joker Harley Quinn. And then Amanda Waller gets shot down, and up guess you know mission's not over you know this isn't the final boss yet we have to go save amanda waller who gets dragged to enchantress um they find amanda waller's helicopter and and in amanda waller's helicopter is like the dossier on everyone and deadshot pretty much tells everyone that flag lied like flag they're there for enchantress and they're not or enchantress is the thing going yeah, on yeah i i love that deadshot gets so upset he throws the dossier at flag it's like look like this is where he draws the line is that their mission was actually like they caused this problem yeah normally i get hired yeah. to just shoot people in the head but now yeah, but like they... you guys did this. i would i, I would want to quit if i found out amanda Wall was a dumb asshole too to be fair i just like that they all read this giant binder in like seconds no, yeah. they don't. Uh, Will Smith or Deadshot reads it and then throws. Well, it. Well, he has good eyes. Like, so he oh, that's true. Ass. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then they all say like "fuck you," right, and go to a bar. Yeah, they all say like "screw you." I'm gonna go in the bar, including Katana again. She's like shrugs. I guess I'll just abandon the world and go hang out with villains. I'll go hang out with the people I just met like two hours ago. Yeah, because her character has like eight lines in the movie, so she can't really yeah. develop. Yeah. So she's like, I guess I'm with you guys. It really feels like they're just building up for a future because they're making a Gotham City Sirens movie, and it seems like they're just setting up her for now or something like that. Like it feels like they're making the same mistake Marvel made back in like the two thousands, uh, where you're trying to you're so desperate to set up future movies that you're just fucking up movies now. It's it's a present. shame that they didn't capitalize more on the bar scene because that is actually one of the points in the movie where you can do a lot with it because it's supposed to be these characters interacting with each other, and all we see is them previously interacting beforehand that they just want to escape and working together to escape and then a whole bunch of fighting and then this scene so we don't really get like a lot of any kind of like nuance or how they react to each other's like jabs and barbs and this scene still doesn't do a lot and the writing doesn't like it's not like wow that was a good statement like normal's a setting on the dryer and you're like uh all right like it's it's cliche the only thing that like stuck out to me in the bar scene was when harley quinn tells diablo to own killing his family yeah i like that i like that scene a lot because you see that harley quinn is someone who actually and her dream sequence later on enchantress is that she's someone who actually values relationships and families i know i know phil hates harley quinn i think harley quinn is the best developed character in the in the movie yeah i I agree with that but i'll stick with that she 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 gets the most nuance i mean she's meant to be the star also so she's what do you like about her saying to own that? That she's like there. There are certain things like like you know like you you don't get to you know be sugarcoat. Oh, I killed my wife and I killed my kids. Like you know you did that. 
And, right. and like Joe said, uh, it, it actually ties in pretty well with her. Later on, when Enchantress shows them all the With, all, with her fantasy of having a family with the Joker, like a normal yeah. life fantasy. So, so she she appreciates it. Basically, uh, Diablo threw away what she wanted, so that's actually some subtlety there. Yeah, so we mentioned it earlier that Diablo is like a redemption story because he used his powers and accidentally killed his whole family. So yeah. that's why he like is like the the guy who doesn't want to use his powers all that much except to make little Jughead hats. And, and at the end, uh, he sacrificed himself to, to stop yeah. Enchantress. He turns into a fucking demon monster before beforehand. Yeah, it's which he weird. which he flashes by briefly in a previous scene. yeah in a throw and like a throwaway line. Yeah, he's like, you don't know I'm capable of, and then it just shows the like Aztec skull god thing, and you're you're just supposed to be like, oh wow, that's foreshadowing. <laughs> no, there was that. There was a. Um... Also, when he wakes up from the... He's the one who wakes up everyone from the dream sequences. And, like, in church, like, how long have you been able to... Like, she phrases it as, like, how long have you been able to see? Yeah, see through, as, like, the... the as in, like, see as in, like, magic, I guess? No, no, yeah. no. See, you're, you're stretching it too far again. It's just been able to, like, see through... No, no, because he's magic. He's magic-based. See through the illusions. He, yeah, like, uh, yeah. everyone else is, is stuck in their trance. And he's just like, guys, this is fake. And then she's like, shit, I didn't expect that. Yeah. yeah, neither did I. I didn't expect him to be magic-based either until the end of this movie. When he turns into, like, a big, yeah, fucking you know, Diablo. monster like the other person. I, th- I thought he was able... I thought that was one of the things where he was able to see through it because he had accepted what he had done to his family and knew he couldn't get it back. I wasn't looking at it in the in the frame of, like, oh, you can see through it because you're magical, too. Yeah, I took it Daryl's way. No, that, that's how... I, the first time I watched the movie, that's how I saw that. And then re-watching it yesterday, and, like, she says, you're, like, you know how long you've been able to see through it. That's what she phrases how long, as in, like, you're like me, and then he turns into the big demon thing. Yeah. And I'm yeah, like, uh, okay, yeah. so I guess you're magic. And he's the only other powerful, really superior character in the movie, so I yeah. guess that's... They don't have aliens or anything in this movie. They have fucking super magic. Yeah, which is weird magic that has certain rules, but not others. Like how she can construct this giant machine that shoots lightning anywhere in the world, but she doesn't know where to point it oh, yeah. unless she has Amanda Waller's memories that she gets out through a blue tentacle in her ear. I love that oh, too. I she's she's using a that. she's using Amanda Waller to like destroy uh, humanity's armies, and somehow Amanda Waller knows the location of every ship at sea and all this stuff. Do you love that in the control room that they have the screens right on where they're shooting lightning? Like they were looking at it at the time. They're like, oh, she blew up that boat. <laughs> Also at the at the end, uh, before uh, Enchantress, after after Diablo dies, but before they, they cut out Enchantress' heart, the, 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 she also has trouble just exploding the the rest of the group. Like they, they have no powers; they're just guys with guns. But apparently, Enchantress has she, to fight no, them. No, she one was on fooling one. them though, because at one point she goes enough and pulls out all their weapons. So like, but why not do it in the first place and just do what you're supposed to? Uh, because because she's it's her hubris. Because that wasn't even her final form slide. But there's that inconsistency throughout the whole thing. When the brother, when Enchantress's brother first awakens, he's defeating like the the U.S. Yes. military. And then they're like, send in Squad X, uh, someone with a bat, a guy who throws boomerangs, and climbing guy. <laughs> yeah, send in five regular humans and one metahuman. Yeah. That's why it's dumb to have a villain this powerful when, you, when your party is so weak. Yeah. Like, also, why not ask the heroes of the DC Universe to come stop Because we Be see like, in the beginning that the Flash exists. Yeah, yeah, why not them? Like, like, how about we get ask Batman and the Flash and Green Lantern Because guys, guys they're not in the government's pocket. And this movie's called Suicide Squad. Also, the Justice League doesn't exist yet. We have to wait yeah, for the Yeah, but these movie. characters exist. It could have been the government. It could have been like S.H.I.E.L.D. It could have been like the government propagating this superior team. Like, like, uh, like S.H.I.E.L.D. propagated the Avengers. But this is why I say it, it could have been two movies. It could have been Suicide Squad, a government-led uh, supervillain task force going on suicide missions. Or the government's answer to uh, 
you know, uh, meta humans, and it, it tries to do both and it sucks at both. Yeah. Okay, can we wrap this up? I don't yeah, want to yeah, talk about this movie anymore. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Does anybody have anything else they want to add? It is a bad movie. I think it's... everybody should see it, though. It's a mess. I don't agree. I don't, no, I don't agree. I, don't agree. I, think I, don't it, agree. I think if you like bad movies, you should see it. Yeah. It's yeah. the most one of the most mediocre movies I've seen. No. Do you know an hour? Hour and 20 through the movie, I was like, at least it's about to be over. And then I saw that there was an hour <laughs> left, and I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I, I, I would recommend Band vs. Superman over this. Because I would, too. Band vs. Superman is more interesting, more interesting in a lot of ways than this. Okay, so yes. the question I want to ask to everybody. more ambitious than Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, I agree. More ambitious. I love, like I always say, Can, I love ambition. Do we all movies. say this is our wor- our least favorite comic book movie? Yeah. No, Cat Catwoman. Okay, oh, well, okay. Let me ask I never you. Saw I want to phrase it this way: Do you think that this movie did more damage, or like was this movie? Did it help or hurt the DC universe more than Batman v Superman? Helped. Wait, more? I Helped. would say Batman v Superman was the bigger damage. Yeah. Thing because because that is Batman and Superman's name is attached to it. Here you have like Harley Quinn and a bunch of other people and Will Smith. And a bunch of people you don't care about. So if this sucks, you're like, well, whatever. But like Batman, when a bunch of people watch Batman versus Superman, they're like, wow, this blows. It yeah. really brings down DCs. Yeah. Like that, that was their uh, like how like they have Justice League, of course, but like that was one of their biggest shots at at the yeah. big money. Pot. Yeah. Like, are you going to be mad at Marvel, or are you going to think less of Marvel if Black Panther is bad or the Infinity War is bad? That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's what, I, I think it helped too, uh, because at least this is more fun. Like it's it's a worse movie, but uh, it's at least more. It's at least uh, the tone is getting closer to what I would rather have DCV doing. I think that's fair. It's more fun. It establishes a bankable star in um, Robbie Margot, Harley Quinn, um, Jared Leto. I don't. Do you think this gets a sequel? What? I don't think it gets a sequel. It made it. The budget was one seventy five, and it made seven hundred and fifty million dollars. But, but I think that's they're just going to do what they want to do in the first place, which is a Harley Quinn or in Gotham. Same. I, I think. I think that's the that's the actual sequel that like we would get to this. I don't and if they do make a Suicide Squad too, they should make it do what they should make. They should make it be what this movie should have been in the first place. Get rid of Harley Quinn, put their in, in other shit, and have this team be a bunch of expendable guys being put on a mission and potentially all dying. Yeah. Okay, so that's it. Everybody thinks this movie is pretty bad, right? Or mediocre at best. Oh yeah. no! I just don't. I just don't get how it's mediocre. If yeah, you, it's you can't not. think of a worse movie. <laughs> it's not mediocre. Um, Fantastic Four to Rise of the Silver Surfer. No, that's not. Yes. that's mediocre, man. I never saw that. That's so that's that. You can call that mediocre. This is this is much more. This was so much more damn enjoyable. I, I think movie. I preferred this over Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer too. This yeah. is. Here's the thing. This was entertaining. This was well yeah. cast. This was entertaining. The cast is better. That's the biggest thing for me. Like, um, the cast is better. I got I got cut off midway, but I could build a logical story structure around this movie. Whether like whether you want to argue it's well written, absolutely, we can argue that to like the crowds come home. I won't even argue that that like it's well written, but I could give you like plot point for plot point why this tells like a decent story. I would love, now that we're actually kind of divided on it, I would love to hear from listeners. So you should email Don't us. Don't talk about it. At, you know, or tweet at us. Or Do whatever. not ever speak our names. <laughs> you know, it's divisive issues and everything. So, it's like the Enchantress. If you say divisive issues, you become <laughs> us. Yeah, well, we come over and interrupt you all the time, and you can't get an edgeboard edgewise. Edgelordwise. Sleep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> If you made it this far, we've earned a fucking iTunes review. 
you, if, you, we, if you endured us, we deserve yeah. your uh, review. <laughs> so, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, all the deal. It helps a lot. And I would like to make a quick plug for the Comrade Radio Network. I think it's coming out today. We're doing a sampler for Tripod that's going to have a little clip from all of the shows on the network, including us and Oops, I Talk Politics. And it's supposed to come out today, the day this comes out. So check the Comrade Radio feed for that. And Tripod is like an initiative to try to get people that don't listen to podcasts to try one out. So that way you get a little sampler for the whole network. So you should make somebody listen to it. And it's good. We talk about Nemesis on it. (laughs) As always. As always. As is tradition. Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. We've been Divisive Issues. And I've been able to climb anything. I've been damaged. I've been making out Nevada of Acid. I've been Croc that has a dad bod. Um, I've been Harley Quinn's unused mallet. Oh, yeah. I want you to say it, Joe. <sighs> Stay in continuity. Comrade Radio. Dot com. Independent podcasting network.